Hey, music makers, welcome back to Make More Music, the podcast connects you to music and one another. My name's Chris. I'm a board certified music therapist, and this is a show where we interview people from all kinds of walks of life doing cool things in music related industries. So, to get the um, awkward turtle or elephant um, out of the way, this episode came out a week later than normal, mostly because I am. I've been tossing it around for a while, whether or not I was going to do bi-weekly things. And I thought about starting the whole season that way. And I felt like there was pressure for me to get it out, even though it's just in my head. So I am trying to chill out and uh, do a good job of taking care of myself and taking care of my family and just my time that I get this done, like usually at night and things like that. So just taking the chance to make this sustainable so I don't fade out or anything. And, you know, as I look forward to hopefully many more episodes, uh, we get this ball rolling like that. So, uh, thanks. I'm also between audio interfaces. I sold one and one was back ordered. Uh, so I, if this sounds like crap in the intro, the interview sounds better. Um, but yeah, I've got a good episode for you today with, uh, Emily Harris and Andrew Renard from get the get offset podcast. I've been listening to their show for a long time. I uh, love hearing their perspective. I love that they honestly just talk about real things in the gear community and real uh, conversations and kind of like get past the BS and get to some things that are important, you know, like that people are kind and that, uh, um, you know, all kinds of other topics. And they just flip over rocks and they both have their unique perspective and the you need to check out their show. They've got several links in the show notes. And uh, let's hop into it because it's a long one, but it's a fun one. There's a lot of good banter in this one. So enjoy Emily and Andrew from the Get Offset podcast. Season three of Make More Music is brought to you by three great sponsors. And I wanted to tell you about them real quick. So I built a guitar and it is awesome. I have a companion blog post in the show notes that tells you about building a parts caster from concept to creation. And it tells you about the three great sponsors I got to work with. First is Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers a truly concierge experience from build constructions and consultations to unfinished bodies and wooden pedal enclosures, all the way to custom requests and fully custom builds. He offers traditional styles as well as unique one-of-a-kind DIY experiences with guitars that wouldn't traditionally have a bolt-on neck with a Partscaster style build. Second is Porter Pickups. Brian and his team have been winding pickups focused on finding you the right sound and winding with a purpose. Their five-person shop offers consultation through their online pickup chooser form to help you get closer to the sounds you're looking for. They sound killer. They just launched an entry-level affordable line called the Gatekeeper, so if you're looking for something to try for the first time, look them up. Our last sponsor is Gun Street Wiring Shop where they create wiring harnesses for your guitar needs with simple, elegant instructions to help even the first-time solderer, like myself, get the sound they're looking for. He's not into promoting parts myths, mojo, and magic. He sells circuits, and their customer service is top-notch. From basic upgrades to wild enhancements, Gun Street has got what you need. As I said, all the links are in the show notes, and you'll hear me blab about it more, but if you want more, look there. All right, back to the show. All right. Welcome, Andrew and Emily. We're actually looking at each other. This is nice. I normally, we got a nice green screen, Andrew, so that's good. Yeah. 
Um, all that effort to not show it on, <laughs> on the web. We maybe need to take a picture. Yeah, it's a good dry run. Good I'll take it. Dry run, yeah. We'll, we'll call it a dry run. <laughs> no. Well, before we get into, you know, all the cool stuff that you all do for the podcast, outside of your podcast, and everything like that, uh, y'all ready to break the ice with a couple of rapid fires? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I like being a polar bear and uh, breaking yes, the ice. Yes, you break the ice. Yep. There we go. So, um these don't have to be short, rapid answers, but feel free. I want to know first on whatever your listening device is, what's the last track you played? Oh, the bones by Marin Morris. Okay. Yeah. I listened to to it while I was, um, I did a boxing workout and then I, I put that on for my stretches. I don't know that one. I know a couple of her like radio popular ones. Is that a good one? That's a radio popular one. That one it like is? those CMA awards. Was, I don't leave yeah, the house the anymore, Grammys. so I don't listen to the radio anymore. She played it on the Grammys last weekend. When the bones mm. are good, the rest don't matter. It's cute. All right. I'm out of touch. I'll listen to it. <laughs> that sounds good, though. I am not Andrew. nearly that exciting because I've been listening to um, Jazz Hop, Chill Hop playlists on YouTube just during oh, my work day. Good. I actually like, really just cool. wrapped up my day job um, for the day and yeah, I've just got that playing in the background nonstop. I'll either do that or I'll throw on KEXP on the system behind me and just kind of let that run in the background until I get the, oh, you need to be in a meeting right now. I'm like, oh, let's mute that. And <laughs> um, That's good. Oh, KEXP is the best. KEXP is great. Strongly recommend. It's not recommend. Bloxy, but Bloxy doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I, I strongly recommend that everybody becomes an amplifier. As I... I'm an amplifier. I just uh, I just re-upped my uh, KXP amplifier uh, so I could get a uh, an apron, a grilling apron. Ah, nice. Giving it to my husband. That's good. That's good. I, I won't tell him. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you all to take this as deeply and philosophically as you want to take it or just answer it point blank. If you were an instrument, what would you be and why? You can get specific or super general, but wherever you want to take it. A theremin, because I don't like being touched. (laughs) Don't touch me. Somebody else has said theremin, but it was not for that reason, which is awesome. (laughs) Don't touch me. I don't like hugs, unless it's my husband. (laughs) I don't like like it. I I was just listening to uh, Sound on Sound had a bunch of stuff celebrating the 100 years of the theremin. Like oh, cool. A bunch of stuff with like Claire Rockmore, who I had no idea about. Clara? Yeah. yeah. I went way down the rabbit hole, listened to a lot of classical theremin for a, for a couple of weeks. It was great. It sounds like a lot of fun, to be honest. Yeah. Not it's bad. a great hands off approach to music. <laughs> there he goes. I die. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of your better jokes. Yeah, in that a was long good. Time to be like, I got a hand. Are you calling you me out of one. touch? <laughs> I also like how you sat there smug for like thirty seconds, <laughs> no, knowing it was you coming. Did, you held on to that one. You didn't that give up. Good. You just waited, and then you came in. You did the thing, and it was it was really Damn. Was, was well. Good. If listeners don't get to see my face, it makes it. I don't have to hide my emotions as well. <laughs> Not that that's good. something I recommend men do, but <laughs> I, therapy. Golly, I need that on a merch shirt. That would be good. (laughs) Y'all need therapy. (laughs) Uh, No, I'd have to go with a a, with a drum set because a wide range of dynamics and has Christians wondering, is that okay with God? Mm. So, yeah. 
There you go. The din of iniquity right there. A drum set. Yeah, that's like my it. that's my little like slightly angsty Christian knowing that the conservatives <laughs> don't like me very much kind of comment. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, uh, possibly a different route. This can be music related <laughs> or not. But what's something that's been inspiring you recently? You go, Andrew. Um, golly, I'd have to think about that for a moment been inspiring me lately and it could be non-music it can be anything we're right at one year in in covidness so i don't know y'all were just talking about that too of like pictures showing up right before quarantine <laughs> yeah no I, i'm starting to see the like all of the bands of like that i follow of all going through the this is your last this is your last exactly gig. last yeah. gig one year ago and yeah. seeing like photos of people like waiting in line without masks and stuff like mm. that a year ago. Cause we still weren't on that train yet. And no, uh, laying so, on floors and dirty dingy venues in Denton, Texas surrounded by people. Yep. Yeah. That's not going to happen for a while. <laughs> that's buck wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm optimistic and we'll remain as such despite, uh, having been fooled by said optimism several times in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yikes. No, so uh, what's you. been inspiring me lately? <laughs> yeah, so, so we went on a good rabbit trail there. Yeah, so I just started a book um, that I picked up on a whim. It was one of those like if someone recommended it, and I within like thirty seconds I had ordered a copy. Um, mm. And it's uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, and I, that was not what I expected to hear. Yeah, I, classic. Yeah, I mean, I think I prefer how to succeed in business without really trying, but okay. <laughs> if, yeah, is, if we're splitting hairs. That book works. It really does. Well, okay, oh. so I had never heard of this book before, and part of that's because I never, I, I never, oh, I said I friends or influence people. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I studied <laughs> leadership in college. That's something we talked, we talked about. Uh, I studied youth ministry, which, you know, I probably should have read that, or at least the title of a book with that title at some point, but. Uh, no, so I, I never did business or anything related to business in, in school. And now that I work in the corporate world with my day job, it, I'm starting to find myself like continuing to unfold and learn more about the world that I never planned on getting into originally. And mm. so someone recommended this book and I was like, cool, I'll just order it. And I uh, got it. And they're like 80 and I just, I'm looking at it, the cover. It says 80 years in production. I'm like, wait a minute, is it that Carnegie? And yeah, it's that Carnegie. Yeah, um, it's that Carn. It's one of those Carnegie. It's so I was, ex <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of the family, uh, one of the original wealthy people of America. Mm, sure. Like a was it was it was 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 it Rockefeller or Carnegie that was the first millionaire? I think it was Rockefeller. I didn't study business in school, so I have no idea. Uh, but I do not sure. But it was one of those two. Yeah, definitely. Uh Anyway, so I, I read through the first chapter last night and genuinely, like after seeing the 80 years in production, I'm like, oh, this is going to be outdated. This isn't going to be helpful at all. And I read through the first chapter on basically like don't criticize people. And the, mm -hmm. I read like the opening couple chapter uh, paragraphs I'm like, well, sometimes like people need constructive criticism. I'm reading through I'm like and just reading through the nuance on it. I'm like, OK, I actually kind of like this. I could probably learn from this as someone who works in a professional environment is someone who works in the guitar industry for fun and is a parent and just as a friend, mm. uh, there's just, I found myself really thrown by how applicable it was. 
I can't speak for the rest of the book because I literally just read chapter one last night as the uh, melatonin was kicking in. No, it it holds up and and those tactics work. It's, sure. It's like, but there's a lot of stuff that works <laughs> in terms of influencing people. But what you do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if he gets into like, like, um, oh gosh, what is that? I can't, I can't really think about what it, I don't really remember what it's called, but it's like choosing the words that you use to um, get people to do what you want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something, it's something that cults use. Yeah, everybody also a topic of interest, lied. also a to- topic of interest for me. Now those I did study <laughs> uh, in youth ministry. So <clears throat> as I sip my cool. tea, always finds a way. there's always a way. No, anyways, I've been really, I've, found myself thinking on that as I went to sleep, as I woke up this morning and throughout my work day, and I'm planning on reading another chapter to my, tonight before I head okay. out. Um, cool. Yeah. It's first book I've like sat down to actually read, read in a while. I haven't, I lost habit of doing that and I hmm. recognize I need to start doing that again to continue to grow. What about you, Emily? Well, I have that um, new Acoustasonic Jazz Master. And when oh. I was filming my demo this weekend, I put it through the uh, hologram effects microcosm and it was really cool. I put it, there's a, there's a, a, a setting that there's like a body sensor pickup. So I was just having a lot of fun kind of drumming and strumming and singing into it. It was really cool. I haven't done, mm. I haven't just like done that in a while. That thing looks really slick too. Uh, yeah. That jazz master style. I'm like, okay, this thing's, I could maybe do that. It was a little expensive, but I mean, they're expensive, but like I said this in my video and I've been saying this to people who like complain about the price. I'm like, I think that if you're a singer songwriter or a rhythm guitarist in a band and a singer in a band, especially if you tend to bounce between acoustic and electric strumming, it's the only guitar you need because it has both, it does both of those things very well. It sounds like an acoustic guitar mic'd really well. It doesn't sound Mm. like an acoustic guitar with a crappy little pickup in it. Nice. It sounds. I thought. I thought it sounded downright natural. Like I was floored. Okay, that sounds really good. I don't know. I want to try one for sure. Yeah. I think um, honestly, more worship, more worship leaders need to get one, uh, for a whole host of reasons. Um, yeah, no, th- those are great. You, I, I like the concept and when they did the old Acoustasonic, I'm like it's close enough. If you were willing to compromise your work and then they did the updated Acoustic Sonic starting with the Tele and then the Strat and both mm-hmm. of them just knocked it out of the park. And I really want to get my hands on that the one that Emily's got right now. <laughs> mm, too bad. <laughs> um, I know. So sad. Yeah. Uh, I but think for like- the potential is there. It, well, the potential is there and – um oh it's just i could get you i, I just wanted to borrow it, it. If you, mm. <laughs> anyways uh <laughs> not to unveil the curtain of what things are like behind uh <laughs> too much anyway a little too much uh no i mean if you had a two thousand dollar budget and you needed an acoustic and an electric realistically you're getting a made in mexico something it's 10 years old, needs a little bit of work done on it, maybe some replacement electronics. Mm. That's going to get you about half of your thousand bucks. Uh, and then you're going to get an acoustic, which invariably is going to be part, if not all laminate with, mm-hmm. with a preamp in it that needs replacement, or you need to go get an IR loader and just work some pedal magic to make it sound decent. 
Or you just get a seagull and a square paranormal series, and then you put the rest of the money in your pocket. Sure. <laughs> there is that. Buy other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a number of ways to do it, but just for efficiency's sake and knowing that you can do. is the big storage space in the van. Efficiency, storage space, uh, not having to change guitars mid-set. Uh, and honestly, like, seagulls sound great, but the preamp in them needs – I've got one right over here, right over there. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you have no idea. He's like, oh, <laughs> so is this Well, it's physically, it's nobody... physically to my left, but on the green screen, it's to my right. <laughs> right, awesome. yeah, so that – Nobody's watching this. When we do our podcast, sometimes I have to narrate because Andrew will point to something like, for those who are listening. I'll just Andrew gesture somewhere over there. His, is pointing at his Star Wars. Oh, yes. Andrew is lamp. pointing at his touch lamp. <laughs> Can you touch no. it? I was going to make you interact with it, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> interact with the I got you there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Well, I feel like you two both have to have some great opinions on this. So wow. what is a pro tip, life hack, something that you like to do? This, again, can be anything. Blake from Tone Mob told me how to keep his takeout warm in the car. So what is a pro tip or a hack, music-related or not, uh, that people need to know about? Put coffee in your oatmeal instead of hot water. Oh, that's, that is great. <laughs> That'll keep you awake a little bit longer because the caffeine will take a little bit longer to get through your system. So you, I like that you, a lot. You have that, then you drink your coffee in another cup, and then you get the quick jolt, and then it's more of a sustained. And I uh, like I like this. I'm horrified a lot. I am so horrified. Once I was in when I when we were still in offices. I was making my oatmeal with, with the coffee in the morning and I had both the mug and the cup of oatmeal in front of me and I take the coffee out and I immediately start pouring it, start to pour it in the oatmeal and my coworker cat like grabbed me. She's like, Emily. And I was like, what? She's like, you're putting it in your oatmeal. And I was like, <laughs> I know. She thought I was just woozy and like aiming like for hadn't the had one. the coffee yet. Yeah, it's like nah, take a walk on the wild side. Like, I'm like lady, here, I here biked. I, I biked here. I'm at least a little bit awake. <laughs> I mean, I, I I do remember I had oatmeal a few months back in the middle of the pandemic. I was really tired. I just need to eat something before I started work, and I was eating like about halfway through. I'm like, doesn't taste quite right, but it's fine. I just kept eating it. And Melissa came in. She's like, honey, what did you put in your coffee? Uh, in your uh, oatmeal? And I'm like. I put nutmeg in it because we had like a little bag of like a little baggie um, left over from the days where you could, you know, get baggies uh, in stores for your bulk items um, of nutmeg. And she's like, honey, we ran out of the nutmeg, nutmeg baggie like a month ago. You grabbed the cumin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that would be so weird. Yeah. How could you not smell it? Oh, <laughs> It was during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, there it is. Ba-dooms. Um Man, that's yeah, good. But that's, that's actually kind of a serious... How did you not smell it? I just, I knew something so... was off, but it it was fine. I don't know. I just looked at her, shrugged, and said, oh, it's already made, and just kept eating. Um, <laughs> it tasted weird, yeah. but it wasn't going to hurt me. It's not like I'm eating like something moldy, where I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. I have to stop now, immediately. Um, although, at that oh, point, man. the damage would have been already done. Uh, life hacks, uh, golly, 
I, I, I guess I could go a couple different ways with this. I could say gaff tape works for everything. Mm, um, I mean, you need, you need to a guitar strap gaff tape. You need to p- patch a hole in your pants gaff tape. You need to. It is expensive though. It is expensive, but that's efficiency. Just a couple rolls of gaff tape can do that many things. I don't know. Um, I ruined your, your, I ruined your pants joke. I'm sorry. I know it. It was a uh... gaff tape. <laughs> uh, Have you ever split your pants at work? I, I did my first day on the job at Guitar Center. Oh boy! <laughs> they, uh, I was told to demonstrate how to lift something safely in the warehouse to check that off on the checklist, and I sat down, picked it up, and my boss is like, "Uh, hey, bud." And I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" He's like, "Bit breezy in there," and I started to feel my oh no. Day like, one. <laughs> I was like, how does it look? He's like, it's pretty bad. You know what we got? Gaff tape. No, because I'm not allowed <laughs> to use Guitar Center gaff tape for anything personal. So I had to tie my jacket around my waist for the rest of my shift. Mm. Teenage girls will uh, understand. Yes. That guy day one. Yep. That <laughs> day guy day one. one. And I had to meet my wife in downtown Pasadena uh, after that. And I had ridden my bike to work. So I... Uh, I rode my bike down Colorado Boulevard for the couple miles. Uh, I have to say, I'm I'm I don't know why I'm a little bit surprised that Guitar Center doesn't sell some sort of pants solution. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Gibson why Custom been... Shop all over the ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? There's with the sequins. Phoebe Bridgers sells pants sells pants with her name on the ass i mean like they wouldn't like there's not that some seems like a very guitar crappy, center thing yeah don't but it seems like like some brand would send some random sweatpants as like <laughs> some just to, like why the hell not like <laughs> yeah i've got it guitar center just... guitar center branded sweatpants that just say says get your setup at guitar center yeah <laughs> on the ass um it's the live no, sound we, section we can, we can be dirtier <laughs> than that but we won't yeah, but it's guitar. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm just saying, Guitar Center's slogan is "We sell the happiest feeling on earth." How is that HR approved? Gaff tape. So yeah, I'll go with that. I, I guess I I was going to make some joke about making sure to save your documents as you go. Um. Uh, hashtag corporate shill. Um, hashtag receipts well, and screenshots. Yes, there is that. Get important yeah, things in it. writing. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm just really killing me right now because I had a great life hack idea the other day that worked, and I cannot remember it. Wow. Yep. Great. Um, great. In other news, I don't have life hacks for memory. <laughs> That's huh. good. Uh, music therapy tip: just turn it into a song, and then you'll remember things. You know. Oh, trust me, I'm a parent. I'm well aware <laughs> yeah, of exactly. how impossible it is to forget certain songs. Um, well, swerve, go to junk food in and out. Okay. Solid. None of those around here. Nope. None in Seattle, but it's a three hour and 28 minute drive. According to Google maps from my front door to the nearest in and out in Kaiser, Oregon. At which I would order a three by three animal style with whole grilled onion side of fries, animal style, and a large root beer and a Neapolitan shake. Or at least that was my order in college. I've since pared it back a little bit. I'll say because... that would make me bark. <laughs> and you'll be there at 1030. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, yeah, I've pared down my order a bit, but yeah, I, I love it. Grew up in Southern California. We'll always appreciate it. And uh, the haters can deal. Sorry, Josh Scott. The haters can deal. What about you, Emily? Um, I, I, ooh, that, I don't know why this one's hard. I don't, I'm not a big snacker and I feel mm-hmm. like I should answer some sort of snack. Um, but like, if we were going to talk about fast ish food, Skyline Chili, Cincinnati, Ohio, that's my favorite. That's my it's favorite so with the graters ice cream as, as actually, you I mean you get, you get a thin mint and uh, not thin mint. You get a peppermint patty on your way out then you go to graters. That, that's a that's a Cincinnati meal right there. <laughs> yeah, man, it is. <laughs> that's about as Cincinnati as it gets. So I'm trying when, to think of like some Cincinnati drink to pair with it, but you don't drink beer with Skyline. No, they don't sell liquor or alcohol. And I don't, I don't know, know if there any are any Cincinnati, Cincinnati drinks. Yeah, are there any Cincinnati sodas? I feel like there should at least be a Dayton soda. I feel like Dayton is the city that would have soda pop. It was pop. Why am I calling it soda? Because you've lived in the West Coast for too long? They call it pop here. A lot of people do. In Nashville, they call it soda. Everything I grew up was, everything was Coke. Can you get me a Coke? That's because you're Southern. Yeah. No. That really threw me off when I first learned that that was a thing. I refused to do it when I moved to Nashville. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call it, if people don't like pop, I'll say soda. That seemed to... People hated pop. They hated me saying pop. They also hated me saying please instead of huh, but whatever. <laughs> it's a Yikes. it's a Cincinnati thing, you know. There you go. Well, I you would you find this funny. So my wife, I finally was like, All right, we're doing this. I'm gonna propose to her. I need to meet with her parents. And I went over to their house, which was the first time I'd ever been around them, just us. And said, hey, I wrote you all this letter. Here's the ring. I want to show you. They said, great, we're going to Skyline. Do you want to go? So first like <laughs> thing I ever did with them all us solo was us going to Skyline together. So what'd you get? What'd you get? Do you get onion and mustard on your coney? Because I feel like you have to at least get mustard. Mustard's my favorite condiment of all time. Anyway, it grew on me. I what kind of mustard? I, I like all, all but I am a yellow mustard for sure. Like is the yellow best. mustard on a wiener. I'm in. <laughs> there it is. Gafty. Now get now put that on the butt of your sweatpants. That's it. <laughs> Guitar center. This is the happiest feeling on earth. Um, so let's see. Lastly, what's a person, project, or an organization? Somebody that uh, you all know that thinks you think they need a shout out for doing something cool. Um. I like Dogman Devices. I think Lance from Dogman Devices is really uh, finally this year, this past 12 months, coming into really doing a lot more. He's gone past just the fire fuzz. He did the Earth Overdrive, and uh, he just sent me another uh, a pedal to demo. So I, I, I really like what he's doing. He's doing it. He just d- decided to stop waiting until everything could be perfect, and he just did it, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's like one of the stories of the last year. It's just like, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I'm actually super excited to see uh, uh, Mike Trombley over at um, Mm. Native Audio. Um, Oh, Ohioans. Oh, we both shout out Ohioans. I know. 
Uh, he just hit 10 K followers on Instagram, which is super exciting. Uh, that's a big milestone for uh for a small company. I know he's, Oh, there you go. Uh, he's recently hired on, mask. he's hired some new staff recently and just seeing him grow and expand and like start to like reach that next level of, of business excellence is really neat to see. I'm really proud of him. Yeah. And just watching like that crazy recovery, uh, yeah. as well. Like for those who don't know, he had, he was rear ended at a very high speed in his car on the way back from a trade show. Mm-hmm. And, um, like nerve damage, a right? Severe. Mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty bad brain injury too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I think legit probably could have died. Is yep. How it seems. I it, yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that he was showing like, you know, doing stuff right after like OT and PT and stuff. And I was like, this is good. Like, I'm glad he was being like really open about all of that. And I think it, that was one of the, as I was kind of getting into all this stuff, it was really cool to see that aspect of like you know, the gear community coming up and like raising some money and stuff like that mm-hmm. or that kind of stuff. I always love those warm fuzzies, which is good because we're about to go into your all's show that talks about a lot of the not warm fuzzy things that go on in the gear and music industry. So before we get into that, I want y'all um, to talk about, just go back. What are some of your all's earliest musical memories? Ooh, um, well, I grew up in a very musical household, despite having no parents nor family members who played instruments, but they were always playing music on the radio. They took me to like an Arlo Guthrie concert when I was very young. Um, and I just remember like listening to some sort of like, it wasn't like a kid's bop, but it, it was very, I think it was like produced by Disney and it was songs. I don't really remember anything about it, but I remember like being obsessed with the songs and assigning every singer to be like a member of my family. Like, Oh, that's Nolan's song. That's my brother's song. That's my mom's song. That's my dad's song. Like imagining that they were the ones who were singing it. So I was obviously very fixated on music from a young age. Um, My brother and I did a pretend play. Like my brother's eight years older than me, but he played with me a lot and we would pretend to host a radio program. And then we would play like his favorite stuff. So like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, a lot of Alice in Chains, <laughs> and some Nirvana and stuff. So that kind of early to mid-90s rock stuff um, really became my first favorite music. Uh, just because I, a family of music lovers who, my, I mean, I should say, my mom played guitar. I, I always talk about that on the podcast. My mom played mm-hmm. guitar. She had a guitar, um, but she never really played it around me. I knew it existed in the house and I was obsessed with it. So when I, my hands finally got big enough to, to play, she, she taught me some chords. I got my first guitar when I was eight and it uh, started my descent. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, my little girl is about to turn four and just noticing like what she's latching on to and just trying to show her like here's here's apple and bananas on ukulele and she's playing like simple one finger chord songs and stuff Aww. and it's just like i don't know i that was one of the things i wanted to bring up too i asked her i said i'm talking to two friends and they talk a lot about all kinds of people that play guitar and what should we ask them she said uh, tell them i like their guitars so <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So Marley approves. But um, what about you, Andrew? Growing up, what was your early musical memories and what did that look like for you? 
Uh, I remember getting a, a CD player, a portable CD player, uh, and some CDs, and that was a really big deal. And uh, listening to a Clint. What were the CDs? Yeah. Uh, some Christian stuff. Uh, the early one of the earliest ones that I really latched onto was uh, a Clint Black album. I think it was his greatest hits album that was we had picked up. The country singer. Yeah, that Clint Black. Oh. Yeah, oh. don't want to miss a thing. Country singer, the Aerosmith cover guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always I don't think of that. that. He I has a cover, that cover of "Don't Want to Miss a Thing." <laughs> yeah, I think he was on the Mass Singer. He was. Oh, was he? Yeah. Him and his wife. Um, and uh, so, I, so I had that some Tim McGraw tracks, and then I remember uh, specifically getting my first like rock and roll album was <laughs> uh, Reliant K's mm-hmm record. Oh, I didn't know that. And that, that makes was it even more special. We had him on the show. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like, I think I was in fifth grade when I, I got that record and uh, completely changed a lot for me. Um, and from there, I, I got into to learning drums not too long after that and doing the whole like garage band with my buddies kind of a thing or band is a strong term. We just get together and jam and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Thus began a, a long journey, which eventually led to guitar, which and other things. And here I am. I'm now immersed. Yeah, there it is. Just I, a smidge. Another thing we were talking about this before we started. It's funny to me listening to you all, because I think not only did I tell you, I kind of feel like I identify kind of in the middle of both of you all. I think I'm in between both of you all age wise, too. <laughs> so it's so funny hearing a little bit because my first you? I just turned 30 I'm I'm 31 well I just you because you said a year in high school once and I was like oh I'm like real close to you like we were oh going I to said I graduated in 2007 time. I think is what I said and yeah I, said I was an 09 demo yeah yeah an 09 okay. kid or something so yeah so my first three were Smash Mouth Astro Lounge oh that was a one yeah Enema of the State, Blink-182, yeah. and then, you know, I grew up in the middle of Kentucky, so Leonard Skinner's Greatest Hits was nice. the third CD Gravy. I, yeah. I think the first CDs I was gifted were Elvis Presley, Elton John, and the Monster Mash. Nice. That's solid. I was obsessed solid. with your song by Elton John when I was 10. It's a great, it still, it still holds up. It's such a good song. So- yeah. Just a perfect little beautiful song, yeah. It it really is. It really is. Yeah. Well, so kind of like bridging the gap a little bit of your all stories of, you know, having these families that were supporting all of this and then going into your careers and then hopping into the podcast. What kind of drew you all in? Because, Emily, you do marketing as well as a lot of band stuff and a lot of music-related marketing stuff. And then... Yeah. Andrew, you've kind of talked about going the long way around of uh, getting into into the gear industry type stuff, too. So what was it like for you all? How did you meet and kind of get towards moving, you know, these these uh, concentric circles coming in together? Whoever wants to go first for that one. Sure, I, I can I can tackle that one. Uh, we we so where do I begin? I just, as I say, I'm going to tackle that. We got connected through a mutual friend, golly, back in 2017. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, it, a long while ago. And we, 
I think late, I'd write late 17, early 18 is when we were seriously talking about doing this. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So we've been both floating around the, um, the online guitar forums. I think I had already, re- I had recognized Emily's name already. Um, and I was like, okay, well, like we want to start a podcast, but let's talk about this. And so thus began a journey of, um, nine months of, if not long, about eight, nine months or so of trying to plan out what sort of a podcast we wanted to do. One of the things that we all agreed on was that we wanted to not just do the same thing over again. And so part of the premise of the show is like, this isn't just another um, white male dominated guitar podcast, which at the time that just meant that there was two out of three of the hosts were white males. And, (laughs) and we're all white. Right. But wanting to, to think in the direction of, wanting to encourage diversity and start asking some of those questions, whether it be diversity, whether it be business ethics in the industry, uh, why certain things are the way they are and why no one's questioning them. Uh, we kind of wanted to tackle things from that, from that approach. Uh, and as we got closer to launch, it ended up dropping to just Emily and I, uh, and we've just taken it and run with it from there. And it's been quite the journey of, uh, of figuring out what the, the identity of the show is, which I, I feel like we started with a pretty strong identity of the show, but then just seeing how it's evolved um, has been really yeah. neat. Um, I think the focus on diversity has become uh, more a part of I, our, I, I would say inclusion. Yeah. I would say inclusion. And that's not fair. Just diversity because I feel like that's, that's part of it. Cause you can, I, I feel like you can be di- like seem diverse, but not seem inclusive. Mm, sure. Representation being important important to i mean i'm a woman who plays up who plays guitar and not that that ever seemed particularly odd to me like in high school i like in high school i knew a ton of girls who had guitars Mm -hmm. most of them was was like acoustic guitars but i you know i had some friends who played electric guitar and there were other girls taking electric guitar classes and every time i went to a guitar center there were other girls there so i think that as i got older it became kind of obvious that um that it's almost like my bubble got burst a little bit Hmm. and i realized that uh you know i wasn't welcome in a lot of spaces Hmm. and uh there were lots of spaces that were fostering cultures that were um uh you know non not not welcoming not inclusive um maybe not by intention but definitely Mm -hmm. by design if that makes sense like yeah 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 yeah, all the all the things are designed in a way. Maybe you just didn't mean to design them that way. So then, when I got, I think I found out about some of these communities through uh, she shreds mostly. So mm-hmm. then I just kind of, it's like, oh my god, there's this publication that's just highlighting women who play music, who play guitar. So then I dug back into it. I hadn't played electric guitar or any guitar really in a couple of years, um, despite having played it pretty religiously from the ages of eight to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 23 I took a couple years off and uh, yeah and the podcast has been a big a big part of that and it's just been really nice because Andrew and I live in the same city but we've never really recorded together except for a couple times here and there because you know what he's on one side I'm on the other yep but so I don't know it's really nice because Andrew and you say this like we're we're uh Chris, you said this, uh, we're, you know, we're different people. We come from different Mm -hmm. backgrounds. We have 
a lot of different thoughts on things and the way we came to thoughts are different. But, you know, I think what's important is that we, you know, we listen to each other. And Andrew, especially mm. to his credit, uh, is a phenomenal at uh, taking, taking, not taking things personally if somebody is like, like when we did that episode with Louise of Dwarfcraft Devices, um, Louise just shot shot him down and he was like, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And it was really, I, I just really like that Andrew can be this male figure who is very positive and um, listens and wants to be good and do good and isn't super defensive and I think that's really important for people to see that mm. in the men in this industry. Um, if it's as important as, you know, I hope that women can see me and, you know, see their themselves be represented in a hope, hopefully a way that they're yeah. chill with. Um, so I think that's part of the magic of the podcast and what makes it work. Totally. It, 100%. Um, I think I came into the show with a mindset of like, oh, well, like we're, we're very two very different people with very different backgrounds, and so like I'm bringing my perspective to the table. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time it was more of like, oh, well, I've got important things to say based on my perspective. And I, I think <laughs> the for me personally, the direction that my personal development has taken is a realization of the there's a lot of things I don't know. And then mm -hmm. that being more of the value add to the shows. Like I, I, there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot I don't understand because there's experience that I don't have, but how can I listen to that empathetically? How can I learn from that? How can I implement that into the way that I understand the way that the world works, the way that this industry works and dig in a little bit deeper rather than just be like, well, I'm from this background and this is what I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to sure. sit here and defend it till I'm blue in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just because speaker, not pointing fingers anyway, but just because a speaker thinks they have good intentions doesn't give anyone the right to bulldoze. And I think that's yeah. been a huge thing for me over the past couple of years. Um, you know, the whole nation has gone through a lot of revealing in the past couple of years, but, um, what you brought up, Emily, just kind of hit at something that was nagging at me is I had that same thought of like, I knew uh, girls that play guitar as we were growing up. I know women that play guitar. I work in music therapy is a female dominated profession, yeah. which is interesting to me because I still feel like as I've learned and as, you know, reading things like She Shreds and listening to your all's podcasts and other things that have kind of pointed me towards inclusion has made me really realize those things. Like I was telling you all is my daughter is super interested in music and playing instruments. And now mm -hmm. to me, it's like, how do I make a space that makes me feel that it is safe for her to grow up and do that? Yeah. That, uh, it's, you know, that I can trust that because I looked back and upon reflecting, it's like, Oh, I remember those guitar world magazines that had like, very uh you know not yeah, man, I, nice <laughs> ads and things like that and i was gifted a guitar world subscription when i was 12 and when i was like 13 or 14 maybe 15 
They that's was, was the same they, time they had, when I was getting them. Yeah, they had some contest that was sending a picture of your girlfriend holding your guitar, and I was like, "It's not even like it's not even trying to be like your partner holding your guitar. It's just mm-hmm. only your girlfriend. Only men read this magazine. I sent them a letter and I canceled my subscription." and i was like i hate this man that was that actually is the first time i felt unwelcome in Mm. in the guitar world that is the moment that is that is that was that was it that it didn't deter me that's not what deterred me ultimately what deterred me was like uh it was it's a more personal a more a much more personal situation Mm -hmm. uh that involves a relationship i was in in college but uh like that was the first oh man uh am i am i an outlier and you know i think resoundingly the answer is not not really i wasn't Mm -hmm. um guitar world do you know why that why there used to be that number floating around that like 90 percent of guitarists are men no idea you know where that came from it was in the article that that fender the say that fender published one of the articles pointed out that originally how they kind of made that determination wasn't based on sales. It was based on people insuring guitars that were worth over several thousand dollars. Okay. So the so blues like, lawyers of the crowd. Yeah. So maybe yeah, the yeah. people who are buying the $10,000 guitars, you can safely say are 90% male, but like you could look at Fender. I mean, Taylor Swift did more for guitar than anybody in our generation. Hmm. Like I'm talking like um true millennial ages, like you and I. Chris. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. She inspired uh, more guitars is what I mean by that. More people to pick up guitar than anybody. And I think it's still the nature and I think it's the thing that um, that like air quote boomer population is so angry about is like people see, you know, kids see Post Malone pick up a guitar or, um, you know, Taylor. They're even still mad about Taylor Swift and all these things where it's like in my day. Like anything that starts with in my day is usually not a good, not a good sentence starter. Back so. in my day. In my day. Pete and then they're also wondering why guitar. guitar is dying. Yeah, it's like, well. Guitar isn't dying. That. They're just not willing to look at the ways that guitar has evolved and accept it as valid. Mm. Yeah, and you know, frankly, I do think that like if you look at the charts right now and people, people get really mad when I talk about the charts, but the thing is that's where people are coming up with this information when they say these things. So I want people to understand why people are saying that guitar is dying. Guitar is dead. It's because if you look at the billboard hot 100 year by year, uh, you'll see fewer and fewer tracks that even have guitar in them. Like, like that are, uh, that aren't like so buried in the mix. You really Mm -hmm. have to listen. My husband and I were going through a while, um, looking up, like a decade we would we went through we tried to go through a whole decade of the billboard hot 100 and like make marks on which songs had guitar in them and there were more back in 2007 than there are now or like a couple Mm. years ago at least sure so i think that yeah and i think i think i think guitar is a little more cyclical than people like to pretend that it is i think um you know People go into synths and then they go back to guitar because when when the sound starts to really dominate the landscape, people look for ways to differentiate. Mm. And that's why you look at certain pedals um, by certain builders that were huge in like the 90s and they're not in favor anymore. It's because everything sounded like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And well, like and truthfully, even the electric guitar is not that old 
the actual just guitar is really not that old in it's the not. sense it's of like instruments. Yeah. It's like so, 150 years old tops, maybe. Yeah, it's like the first it, things that were considered guitars were like maybe mid 1800s, I think. Something like that. And like, but they evolved from lutes, uh, mm-hmm. lute style bodies and much, much older yeah. ones. And it's always going to call me a liar. <laughs> um, <laughs> side note, before we get too far, I, I, I <laughs> want to disagree just a smidge and I'd say that charts are a handy metric for seeing, seeing what's popular, but not necessarily mm-hmm. what's alive or dead. And there's several genres that aren't necessarily chart topping genres where guitar never died. It was all has always been alive and well. I think it's just a matter of where huh. to look. Like country sure. music is will never not have guitars in it. Country, metal, both. Well, yeah. It, it's like it's it really people mean pop when they say that. For sure. So I just I, I you know just I, I like music. I like playing yeah. guitar. I like listening to synthy synthy stuff. No, who cares? It's it's all good. Yeah. Mostly not people who are moderately relaxed or the people who care. Uh, actually, well, it's, it's stunning that guitar has been as popular as it has been. Like it used to be like saxophones and trumpets were the coolest thing in the world. Banjos were the coolest thing in the world. Banjos were used in jazz. So, you, you know, I, I do think it's important to, to for us as people to recognize that it's actually, you know, guitar is still pretty young. Maybe it mm-hmm. is. Maybe it is a fad. <laughs> it's a fad if it just goes for two hundred years and peters out. In the grand scheme of things, maybe. <laughs> I'm not no even high. That was a weird thing to say. That was weird. <laughs> I'm like sitting here, like, man, what do you think about where America's headed as a nation? If that's what um... in the gutter. <laughs> well. To kind of like round out, uh, then I want y'all to take me through some of the highlight reels, you know, for each of you all individually, you know, you've both done a lot. I mean, it's crazy to see this YouTube channel, this, you know, growing demo, uh, channel and things like that. And Fox Cairo and everything that's going on. So what are some of the highlights from, you know, those first episodes to now that you look back as some pretty awesome moments? Sure. So highlights got have got to be uh i mean emily referenced it before i think louise just giving me uh from dwarfcraft devices the specific topic that we were talking about was me pushing back with a not all men counter argument about um not real men not real men yes Mm. that would that would be the the specific counter argument Uh, (laughs) but it it's not all men just phrased differently uh and I was trying to push back with this idea of like, okay, well, like toxic masculinity, you take those men, those shouldn't, it's an argument. And she pushed back and she laid it out like, okay, but X, Y, and Z, this is why that doesn't really work. And you have to understand mm-hmm. from the perspective of women, you just can't, that's not how that, that, that rolls. And I think realizing that I can't just rationalize everything through my individual perspective and expect everyone else to get that perspective. That was I think that was very pivotal for me personally for the podcast. Uh, and I think was, was one of the most impactful moments in the show. And it's going to be very difficult to top for me personally. Um, mm. And that was like Louise two months. It was like two months into the podcast, just rightfully put me in my place. That was probably like in mid February of 2019, because that was, um, that was, that was a bad week for me as a human. 
So I, I, I would absolutely call that, um, call that a huge highlight. Um, for Fox Cairo, uh, a big highlight for me was getting a message out of the blue from Andy Kim over at Sinusoid. And you're like, mm-hmm. Hey, you want to get, let me buy you lunch. Let's talk. And I was just like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you're in the Seattle area. Like, let me buy you lunch. Like, let's talk about stuff. And a couple of collaborations have been born out of that. And, um, he's be getting connected with him as someone who I can go to as a mentor and I can call up on a weeknight and be like, Hey dude, this just happened. I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know what I should do. Like, do I get a lawyer? Like edit the number of things that I've had to call him about over the last couple of years. And no, I'm not volunteering him to be everyone's mentor. Cause he's got a lot of, um, got a lot he's of stuff mine. going on. You he's can't mine. Have him. Uh, can't have mine he can volunteer him. himself if he, if he so wishes, but <laughs> no, I mean, that's been a huge highlight for me and the, the growth of the business. Uh, Curtis Lamberton has also been another really great sounding board for Fox Cairo's business over the last couple of years who I've, I've, I've hit him up out of the blue, like, Hey, I need help with like, we're both Washington businesses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like let's, I want to learn from you cause you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ability for me to, the common thread with all of those highlights is can be condensed to be really simple is the ability to the, that I've had the opportunity I've had to get connected with some really brilliant minds and to mm. learn about stuff that I'm way out of my depth in um, from both an experience and a perspective situation. It's I cannot understate how fortunate I am to be in the position mm. I am to be able to have access to people and be able to, to call up Philippe from Caroline in, on a weekday as well. That was another weird one this last fall. He's like, I got time. Let's talk. And ended up being a thir- yeah. three hour conversation that really changed. I well, honestly it was really changed the complete trajectory of where I'm taking Fox kind mm. of a business. Um, being able to learn from people has been so invaluable for me. Um, and I, yeah. I, I've just a couple of examples. Like there's a list, um, that I could go through of some phenomenal people who I really respect. Yeah. I mean, I would say very much the same for me. My, what I love most in this world is being when I can surround myself with people who are smarter than me and boy, howdy, are there a lot of people in this industry who are smarter than me and can teach <laughs> me a lot. Like I love just talking to sean from gun street wiring or mm. mike adams or ryan burke from 60 cycle hum or uh, there's like tons of other demo artists like ansel Lakowski, ryan from demos in the dark like these 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 people who were like your heroes kind of i'm stealing this from um oh no megan megan from i heart luthery oh no who's a luthier megan megan i'm sorry megan wells Yes. Uh, she told this uh, Layla from Tunatone Instruments once that guitar shows are where your heroes become your homies. And mm. that's such a good feeling. And it's true. Like, I've I've been able to experience that in a way I never really thought. Um, actually, I would be lying if I said that. Like, if, if I, cause I think about how, like, now I have relationships with Fender and I got to go to the Gibson showroom and hang out with that artist rep and talk and all these other really cool pedal builders and stuff. And if I had told like 15 year old Emily, like one day Fender's going to send you guitars, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> checks out. I believe you. All right. Things went the way I planned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I've just been reading the Dune books. So 
Oh, I've been reading that too. Prescience. It's like, oh, I saw that vision path. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, dude, it's, um, so that's been, that's been crazy and wild. And just like the past couple years have been to, to quote my favorite band filled with such massive highs and crushing lows. My band, Mm. um, you know, getting featured on all songs considered by my favorite Mm. music journalist and powers. That was surreal as hell um like playing live shows and tour like doing a small tour mm. and you know getting relationships with a record label donut sounds um mm. props to jr like it's 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 amazing and i feel so so blessed and lucky and the tw- my 20s were hard um in a lot of ways and it's just really nice to know that um the hard work that i've put into everything from becoming a good guitarist and Mm. doing a demo channel and trying to build this audience with this podcast with andrew that people are that people so quickly responded so positively to it um Mm. i didn't expect and i didn't expect you know that people would be so supportive and so cool and really responsive i wasn't a cool kid you know Mm. i wasn't a person that people seemed to ever want to to call or hang out with like i was really a lonely child and um it's kind of wild to think that now maybe something in my personality people um it connects with people and i'm i think that's that's more surprising to me than mm. than anything else than like i always you know i always dreamed about like having music success but I never really thought it'd be possible to um, feel loved by strangers Hmm. and really connect with people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's deep stuff. I like it. Sorry. It was deep. I like it a lot. Well, let's roll right into the last one since we're on this deep train of thought here. Um, Why would you all encourage people to make more music? Um. There's a whole host of reasons uh, for one. And I'm sure this is, this seems like a softball answer for this show, but it's therapeutic on so many levels. There's something about, but to dig into that a little bit deeper though, I, we, we're very much creature like humans as emotional beings uh, want to know and be known by other people. And there's something about creating music that is a revelation of the self that you want other people to listen to it and to say it's a, in a, in a weird sort of way, it's kind of like, this is who I am, or this is mm-hmm. at least a part of me. It's this, there's something very intimate about that. That's, I would argue very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, make more music, share it with people or don't share yeah. it. If you're not, if you're not willing to be that intimate, sure. You don't have to share it with people, but I mean, maybe you just share it with yourself and that's part of your self discovery process. But I think there's something to be said there. And I think, I think genuinely the best music re- Ignoring the charts completely, the best music is the music that resonates with who we are as human beings mm. um, in the sense of I'm not alone. And you can't get to that point until you tell other people who you are. So mm-hmm. that's what I've got for that. Being known, I love it. Being, being, feeling understood and seen and known is such um, a basic human need. I, I agree with Andrew. I also think, you know, you should make music to, to, to make to, to, to make your own mark 
on the world in any big or small way. I think that's that's a big thing. I mean, I, I want to make my mark, you know, I really do. And um, but also for me, for music, it's like, man, even if I don't share that, 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 that shit with people, I feel so proud when I create something and I like, like mm. I, I recorded an EP um, in college and uh, it was, it was an experience that kind of really ruined how I felt about music in a lot of ways. I think I was looking very much toward, so I, uh, um, it was produced by, by a guy I was dating and, and, and seeing and, you know, you know, all that stuff. And even after we broke up, he was like, Oh, I'll produce your record. And we kept seeing each other and, you know, in very casual ways. And he just would not finish it. And I remember, and he would take other projects and work on those instead. Mm. I remember thinking if this person who was supposed to love me, doesn't give a shit about my music, why the hell would anybody? And that, mm. that killed it for me for a long time. And then I was able to go back and listen to that record and think, man, if nothing else, I, you know, I put together some, some songs that I'm, you know, really, really proud of. And that make me happy and that make me feel fulfilled. So, you know, do it for yourself, do it for yourself, you know, learn more about yourself. Maybe even if you don't like it in a week, maybe you felt good doing it, you know, get them, get them little hits of serotonin where you can. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you enjoyed and want to learn more about the guests, their info is in the show notes as well as how you can support the show. And the best way is to leave a rating and review and tell a friend. Anything else, if you want to make a donation, buy some merch, uh, follow us on Instagram, get in touch with me. You can all do that through the links in the show notes. But until next time, give more grace, share more love, and make more music.